Welcome to The Table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Hey friends, um, Michelle here again. If you're listening on our podcast and you can't see my face, if you see my face, you know who I am. Uh, Good to be with you again for this uh, 33rd day of our Lenten devotional, Good Enough. I promise you that next week, Holy Week, you have um, a variety of new voices to hear from. Uh, That's so important to us in this devotional series is that you don't just hear from me over and over again. Nobody wants to hear from me over and over and over again. Plus, I tend to be long-winded. I don't know if you noticed, but some of the longest devotions have been from me. I somehow can't seem to make it like five to six minutes, but some of you can, which is a lovely gift to us on, on our um, in our busy schedules to only have to listen for, for about eight minutes and get the gist of it. Uh, next week, you have new voices to hear from, but you'll have me for the next couple of days um, still. And um, we do have one slot available for next week, and that is Monday, Thursday, Um, you know, Jesus's Last Supper. If that seems to be uh, something that you would love to lead, I invite you to sign up. And you can do that by going to kingstowncommunion.net slash good enough and scroll down a little bit and you'll see the link to our Linden devotional sign up. Um, we do need someone for Monday, Thursday, but everybody, every other day has been claimed for Holy Week, and I'm grateful for you and for the ways you're leading us in growing closer to God and growing closer to each other through this. Well, I feel like God is speaking to me because I only sign up for these when there's an opening, and every single one I have done <laughs> has been in the Psalms. Maybe God has something to say to me that I need to be praying the Psalms more often. Um, today we are in Psalm 143, but before we we read that psalm um, to give us some context, uh, we are talking today, Kate is talking today in her chapter about care and pain and what pain is and what, what care looks like in the midst of pain. Um, she talks a lot about how pain uh, we we always think about pain in what it does to us, um, what it feels like to be in pain. But often we forget that pain offers us virtues in life often as well. 
there are things that we learn about ourselves. There are, we become a different kind of person through our experience of pain in this life. When I think in my own life about pain, um, I have had, I mean, honestly, I'm, I've been super fortunate and privileged to not experience incredible, you know, searing pain in my life. Um, I know I will at some point, but, but there were two years that I can remember that were particularly painful. Um, I would say my junior year of high school was particularly painful. My parents were arguing a lot. Um, there was a lot going on in our household. Um, it was rough. So that would be a moment, a memory of pain for me, my junior year of high school. And then um, my first year of ministry at Kingstown is another moment of pain in my life. Just a moment where things were um, utterly out of my control and feeling very lost and feeling very much like I don't know where God is. Um, and I, because I haven't experienced a, a lot of pain, uh, and specifically my first year in ministry, um, was a lot of pain related to what felt like failure. Uh, I, I had spent most of my life avoiding failure because I don't like it at all. Who does? Um, but specifically as an achiever, I cannot stand failure and I haven't, hadn't had too many experiences, really not much experience at all with that feeling, that deep, painful feeling of a failure. And in my first year um, here at, at Kingstown, it felt every day like good the Good Friday of failure. That's what it felt like. Um, I was, if I look back now, I can absolutely recognize that I was clinically depressed that year and did not know it. I was absolutely coping with, you know, pouring an extra large glass of wine at the end of the night, you know, that kind of coping. Um, I was getting through as best as I could that year. And I am so grateful, so grateful for that year of my life. And I say this because without that experience of in that incredible experience of failure and that incredible experience of, of um, I cannot do this by my own ability and the lack of control, it has informed every year of my ministry since. I am a better pastor. I'm a better leader. I'm a better person for knowing what the Good Friday of failure feels like. And because of that, I'm able to fail forward. If that, that's, I guess that's a phrase that I, I like to use, that failure is not the end, that the utter pain of self-doubt um, and uh, the lack of self-worth and the moment where you feel like you have ruined it, that that kind of failure is not the end, but it, it, it fails us forward into whatever the next step. Pain. So, so Kate talks about that, um, and I'll read you a line from her book about that. Part of the confusion about pain lies in its purpose. 
Much pain can and should be avoided, even prevented. Much pain can and should be avoided. <laughs> like abusive relationships and self-harm and brokenness and dysfunction and pathologies of all kinds. The kind of pain, um, that kind of pain is not part of God's desire for us. It is not part of God's desire and it violates the deepest, truest thing about us that we are deeply worthy of all good things. So I know God would have not had me to have such a miserable first year of ministry. That is not part of God's plan. That is not part of the good thing that God has for me. But, and this is like a big but, but there are some virtues that we can develop as people. There are, there are people we can become through that, that moment of sacrifice and pain. They're not easy. It, it, these moments are not easy. They're like, she kind of compares them to, to flowers. They're not easy flowers. They're like ridiculous hydrangeas. <laughs> hydrangeas unnecessarily beautiful and temperamental as heck these moments are. When we want to grow, there might need to be some pruning, some hacking at all the deadening habits and all of the deadening beliefs. Truly, I thought I was averse to failure. It needs some watering, some readjusting, so that we might grow toward the light, but but pain can get us somewhere. It, it has this way of creating virtues, making us be the people that we were called to be. What, what Kate seems to suggest is that this, these experiences of pain in our lives, they drive us to be people who care better. They create these kind of virtues in us, make us these kind of people that are able to care better for others, care better about the anguish of our world, care better about the injustice of our world. So hear this prayer, um, pray this prayer with me from Psalm 143. Here. My prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplications in your faithfulness. Answer me in your righteousness. Do not answer into judgment with your servant, for no one living is righteous before you. For the enemy has pursued me, crushing my life to the ground, making me sit in darkness like those long dead. Therefore, my spirit faints within me. My heart within me is appalled. I remember the days of old. I think about all your deeds. I meditate on the works of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Salah. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or sh I shall be like those who go down to the pit. Let me hear of your steadfast love in the morning, for I, in you, I put my trust. Teach me the way I should go. For to you I lift up my soul. Save me, O Lord, from my enemies. I have fled to you for refuge. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on a level path. And for your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. 
in your steadfast love, cut off my enemies and destroy all my adversaries, for I am your servant. You see this mix in this psalm of the pain that we experience in life, pushing us forward to become servants of the living God. That your unique pain creates these virtues within you that allows you to be more present than you could have ever been before. Kate talks about this in her book, and she writes this beautiful blessing that I would love to pray over you today. Um, but first, I, I, I ask you to, to, to think about, think about, about your life. Think about the ways that you are being called to care uniquely for others. And what does that cost you? What has that cost you to be able to care for others? Has it cost you previous pain or is the pain you are going through now the cost of being able to to be with and care for others? This writer and nurse, Christy Watson, describes how she knew she was going, she knew that she was, she was going through something she had to go through. She knew she was doing her work right when it cost her something. Love and service and kindness and empathy, it, it all costs us something in order to be able to give love, in order to be able to serve rightly, in order to be able to offer kindness from the goodness of our hearts, in order to be able to offer empathy, real empathy, it first will cost us something. Or it will not be real. It will not be something we know deeply inside of ourselves and are sure of. And so maybe fill in these blanks today. Think upon this. What does love cost me? Or love costs me this. Service to God and to the world costs me this. What does it cost me? Kindness that defies everything that makes people go, how could somebody be that kind? It costs me this. Empathy, deep empathy for a friend or maybe even for an enemy. It costs me what? What does it cost you? As we close, hear this blessing. For when caring costs you. For when you are a person who can care better because you have known what pain is. Blessed are you who want your life to count. You who do the right things, who hope it will all add up to something. That is some good math. But blessed are you who do terrible, terrible math. You who care about strangers. What a waste. 
That wasn't going to get you a nicer apartment. You who give your health in service of people who might not even deserve it and who never say thank you to you. You who have been protecting yourself or, God forbid, sleeping through the night. But you are here instead. Blessed are you who listen to long, winding stories from lonely hearts instead of rushing off to more interesting friends. You picked boredom or loving strangers instead of the warmth of being known. That was your time, and you're, you're never going to get it back. Blessed are you who love people who aren't grateful, the sick who endanger your health, the deeply boring who know you have things to do. Loving people can be the most meaningful thing in the world, but it can also be hard and scary and boring and disgusting and sad and anxiety-inducing with zero overtime. So bless you, dear one. Bless you, dear ones, today. You who made these bad investments, those acts of love that are not going to add up to success in the way the world sees it, you are the definition of love. There is peace at the table.